Kids, children, and dare you step inside the vegan abattoir. I'm Kevin Smith. I'm Harley Quinn. <laughs> Caught you off guard, didn't uh, I? You literally scared me. My heart kind of started beating faster for a second. Get your face out of your phone. <laughs> I was on my phone and I didn't even know you were going to start. The show's happening? That was the show's sc- happening? <laughs> yeah, the show's happening. Uh, please, folks, if this moment in the show alarmed you or disrupted you anyway, don't, for the love of God, reflect it in your reviews on the <laughs> Apple iTunes site because I tell you someone's reading. Who? Someone <laughs> someone lives for those reviews. Somebody's like, we have a perfect score. Who checks it more than Instagram? Not me. <laughs> My Lord, what is uh what do they say? What are the reviews? I you gotta understand, I had to give up on reviews a long time ago. So I, I don't even know what they said about Jane Silent Bob. Reboot. I remember at one oh, point. Oh, I thought you were going to say strike back. I no, was like, no, I you gave they... up so long ago. <laughs> oh, trust me, every critic <laughs> says the same fucking thing. <laughs> like he gave up after clerks. But uh, I, Malcolm at one point was like, have you read the Jane Sonbob reboot reviews? I was like, you know, I haven't read reviews in years. And he was just like, you would, you, the old you would be delighted. He's like, they're actually really, I was like, shut up. I don't want to know. I know. Cause I read them. Yeah, you read them too. Um, but you, I, I, it's never occurred to me to even to read any reviews for any of the podcasts I've ever done. Mm-hmm. I think it's charming and delightful that you're deep diving on them, not just like perusing them, going, "Oh, that's nice." No, shit. you're memorizing lines. Yes, <laughs> um, I have a few points to that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> one, I just want to share that Spotify does not let you leave comments. And I really hate that. It bums you out. <laughs> it bums me out so hard. And I just, I, if in some weird world, someone from Spotify is listening, <laughs> I'm very dissatisfied with that aspect of your application. They're like, yeah, hey, we're doing fine. <laughs> we'll take it under advice. I, it upsets me. But two, um, yes, I do check it. Um, I'm going to say at minimum three times a day. <laughs> Are you shitting me? But probably more for like every, every day, day or just when the ev- new no, podcast no, no, drops? no, every single day. Kiddo, you got a problem. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's- Thank God they're good. Would you read this incessantly if they were bad? Yeah. <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> wow. I, I don't, I just need to know. <laughs> I was going to say, where'd you learn this shit? But I guess it's genetic. I, I mean, yeah, that would make sense. But um, as someone who has read every single comment up to date, as of an hour ago. Um, oh my God. Really? <laughs> yes. Anyways, um, our biggest feedback. Yes. I think this is going to make you laugh. <laughs> yes. I talk too much. No. We aren't slaughtering enough misinformation. <laughs> is that right? They're yes. like, your show is the bullshit yes. that <laughs> needs to be butchered because there's no misinformation being mis- being slaughtered. Is that right? It, like, I was, uh, okay, well, it was only like, Three comments, but do you think we overpromised? Is that I think it? we overpromised. So what? We should be going out there muckraking the show. I, like I that? guess investigative journalism. I, I think so. What's that group when we went to the Mercy for Animals benefit and they were awarding people for like being undercover, like literally yeah. risking their lives in fucking slaughterhouses and being embedded for like two years <laughs> before they're like, aha, you know, and then started taking their pictures and shit. 
Yeah. So, no, it's so true. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not that guy. Look, I, 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 you know, I'm just plant based. <laughs> it's, I, I don't have a, an agenda. I, I, you know, I, I don't know that there's, I don't know if I can slaughter misinformation on a regular basis, like hardcore misinformation. I thought it was goofy shit, like, you know, when is it cool to be vegan? Like, well, man, let me tell you, it's always cool. <laughs> That's what I thought. That misinformation. <laughs> That's what my thought was. But there are a couple well. people out there that are like, you better go deeper, man. Yes. Wow. I, I, I mean, I've well, been trying that's to. That's you then. You're supposed to, you're the one no. on the beat. You belong to the city. Oh. <laughs> you're the youngster, man. I'm, I'm in the house. Even before the fucking quarantine, I was always in the house, but you got your ear to the street, man. You know the. My ear to the street. Yeah. You know what the street beat is. The beat street is the lesson for you because you can't let the street beat you. <laughs> beat street. Oh my God. <laughs> Anyways, what I was trying to say yes. is I've now been trying to incorporate more slaughtering of misinformation in my interviews. Um, oh, that's so where I'm going to weave it in. Now I'm trying to ensure that at least one question includes the slaughtering of misinformation. I thought that was the point of the whole fucking thing. Well, and then at one point you were like, let's give it up. And then the audience was like, don't you dare live up to your f- fucking slogan. <laughs> that was in like that you said once or twice. It's not I like forgot. we put out some sort of manifesto that was like, and here forthwith, we will always slaughter misinformation and butcher the bullshit. It's so, I but mean, good for you for listening to the audience. That way I lies listen. ruin, but good for you. It's true. <laughs> it just really stuck with me. Um, here's my question. So you correct it, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think they're going to go re-review and be like, you know, previously... I said that she refused to uh, to slaughter the misinformation, but now in the last, I don't know, 10 episodes, ever since I said it in the reviews, she's changed her ways. The thing is, it's I like, hope so. it's, you can't jump into the same stream twice. You know what I'm saying? Like, Do you know that, somebody, it's gone. That so, point is gone. The, okay, whatever. But <laughs> <laughs> do you know somebody actually like so, something like that happened to me for the first time? And only time I think it will ever happen was somebody said something really mean. <clears throat> like it was um it was about us not going to the protests and, and stuff. And mm. so I was like they were like, You you don't really believe in the cause because you're not going to protest. And I was like, um, we aren't able to go to protests <clears throat> because my grandparents and because they're high risk. And the protests for Black Lives Matter. I don't know if I said that, um, but or if I'm just <clears throat> rambling. But um, then once we did go to the protest, because Nan and Pa went to Las Vegas, right. not once to they party, were, but <laughs> once there was nobody's life to threaten. Yeah, once, once except your own. Except yes, <laughs> and that I, my choice wouldn't be affecting. And your fucking high risk father. Well, bring me, bring you me. You wanted to uh, go. I know, but that's true. But still, somebody should have been like, see reason, you fucking sick old man. I tried, and I tried. And then you were like, no, I'm fine. So I was like, okay, you're fine. But anyways. (laughs) Um, But then I, when I, when we did go to the protest, I, I said something on Instagram, like explaining that, I don't know why I feel the need to have to explain, but um, that Nan and Pa weren't here anymore. So I now could go to protests. And the person that called me out in a pretty like mean manner apologized like on a different post and that has just never happened to me that someone said something mean 
and then apologize, <laughs> like wrote a follow-up comment. Here comes this. <laughs> it was shocking. I wanted to like. There you go. They, they look these hungry, thirsty listeners are looking for a, a slaughter of some misinformation. You just, I feel you just slaughtered a little misinformation right there. We all believe <laughs> we're all misinformed to think that like people can't change, and you just provided one person example <laughs> <laughs> without pointing to anything. But a, it's a good story, a Joe Biden like story. <laughs> corn pop or whatever <laughs> once i was saying it i was like, oh, You're like well, this, this sounds was, made up it's just more exciting in my head <laughs> but Believe i was, me, I was too leaning forward to going know. like am i gonna have to edit this am i, I gonna have to edit this no, no, I'll let it ride <laughs> we got somewhere <laughs> um i was me mall i was stuck on like you were going that's happened to me recently i was like she jumped into a stream recently because that's where i was <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? None of us really... can leave the house, but she's off jumping into streams and shit. We have really um different thought processes. <laughs> <laughs> Completely. Um I don't remember what we were talking about. Reviews and how important they are to you. So you're like, Keith, people keep saying nice things. I have just you like seen hearing from people? What are, what's the scale? Thumbs, lightning oh, bolts, stars? Stars. How many? What's the top stars? Five. So, so random. We have, I don't know. Um, Okay. And what's the lowest star? No stars. One star. That's the lowest? I think we have, so. Wait, you can't give no stars? I would imagine that's the lowest where you're like, I listened and I give this nothing. It's not worth my time, my breath, my stars, and they're not even real. I mean, there's no zero star section. I don't know. <laughs> I guess, yeah. I guess they're like, look, zero stars, all the fuckers don't listen. It's, yeah, that's, that's true. But still, if you listen to something and you're like, God, I, this is fucking morally repugnant to me, you should be able to be like, I give it nothing, not one. One is like, you know, you know, I, I pat him on the back for trying, even though I hate it That's with every true. fiber of my being. <laughs> That's got to be like a no star shitty rating. Maybe that's why you're so know. happy. <laughs> you're like, one is as low as I want to go. <laughs> one is too low. All right, so we have a one star? We have like, okay, so without looking at my phone, I can tell you that currently at this time, we have 188 reviews. Total? Total. You're like Rain Man. Uh, I think. <laughs> Um, I'm going to take you to Vegas, man. Count cards. We're going to make a fortune. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> I think of the 188, mm. it doesn't tell you how many people have voted for the number of stars. It just like shows you with little bars. Right. It appears as though only four to five people have left us a one. Oh, is that right? And Can you scroll down and see all the reviews and count mm -hmm. the stars yourself? But some people just leave stars but don't leave a comment. So then you never know. You never know what they were thinking. Okay, well, sure you do. <laughs> fucking star they were thinking, which they is like. I just wanted to read their their piece on why they gave us a one star. You want them to justify why, yeah. they, why they didn't fall in love with you instantly. That's just my question that I'm wondering. Austin did. Why can't they? <laughs> I'm damn charming. I don't get it. No, that one person in my comments. They came around. <laughs> they really did. I'm going to get this world one by one. <laughs> they came around. 
know. I, I that's just, a beautiful. That's a powerful story right there. It was pretty poorly told. But, <laughs> but, 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 yeah. <laughs> it took like five Polished minutes to say. Polished that over the course of a lifetime. And soon when you're 50, you'll be like, I remember one time <laughs> I flipped a commenter. It was more of like a 45-second max story. <laughs> that but was before 80% <laughs> of the world perished to COVID. Okay. Anywho, um, I survived because I'm vegan. Uh, what? Vegan? <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Did you get the study I sent you that said that like uh, people who smoke weed might be safe from so, safer? We're good. Oh, <laughs> Even more so of a reason to lock ourselves in this house I know. and smoke everything that's we're good. <laughs> Um The other exciting news I saw today. Oh. And I also forward everybody, forward it to everybody in the house, was they're doing 50 test cities, Kentucky Fried Chicken. I saw that. Beyond Chicken. I Fried Beyond Chicken. Now, you know, as a heart attack victim, I shouldn't be happy about the fried food. But But as a vegan, I'm like, what? And mom was like, oh, my God, how good is that going to be? It can't be good. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? You think about a chicken McNugget. That's barely meat anyway. <laughs> All they need to do is the same fucking thing. And if Beyond is behind it, it has to be good. I put I eat anything Beyond puts in my mouth, man. And I even know I say that knowing there's a sexual connotation <laughs> to it. I don't give a fuck. They're geniuses. They take a fucking pea protein and turn it into a hamburger it's, or a fucking sausage. It's crazy. And is this chicken predicated on the same thing? I don't know. I'd never had the chicken. I don't think it's a thing that's available right they now. They test marketed it in Atlanta. If they said for like one day. Yeah, and it's it was like, did huge. it sell out? Yeah, it went through the roof. So they're like, all right. And one of the cities that they're doing it in is Los Angeles. I got so fucking excited because I'm oh like, God. I live there. there so I know where can... there is one. Do you know where KFC is? Yeah, I know where there are a few KFCs, but will they all have the vegan, uh, the Beyond? I'll drive burger. Well, Beyond Meat chicken because they fucking showed a photo of this of the you know the bucket of chicken that like was a hallmark of my childhood probably not yours but mm-hmm. like my childhood oh that a bucket of chicken is a happy childhood man particularly from kfc and it's green instead of red i i feel good about the distinction yes <laughs> me too man um, i'm down like a clown now some people listening are like these fuckers aren't slaughtering no in- misinformation I know. and I'm their sorry. idea of veganism is going to fucking kfc <laughs> okay. and eating fake chicken to each their own yeah i mean look you gotta throw a little support behind it man so that if it breaks here it'll break every place it's true um and this this is huge huge step think about it you know you know what's in the name chicken that's it's so true <laughs> <laughs> you can't go there and not fucking get some dead animal shoved in your face. So suddenly KFC is like, all right, well, here, this is a, I don't know what this came from the earth. Eat it. <laughs> it sounds like fucking mad, like the, the impossible whoppers selling at, at uh, Bird King. And fuck yeah, son, we're on to a revolution. It, a veggie-lution. I, ha- I, um, in the interview that will be happening soon. <laughs> Um, we talk about a lot about fast food and Who? me, myself and, um, the editor, the senior editor of Fed news. What a smooth segue. But 
I we can't start yet. Why? Because <laughs> I have to explain something. Well, now's the best. I time had a whole started. story. Good. Yeah, okay. Well, there went a great smooth segue <laughs> as you're like ham fistedly. But wait, we have to start another no, way. But this is this is cool. Okay. Fair enough. This is an this is another cool story. Like my oh, last. Fuck. Cool story. <laughs> if it's half as cool as the one we heard before, <laughs> buckle up, kids. It's about to be a bumpy ride. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> One time someone said something mean, then they say something nice. And, and then they, that reminds me of your childhood. What? It reminds me of your childhood because all your stories were like, and then they ate something, <laughs> they played with something, the end. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure they had a good finish to their story. Oh, my God. Harley, tell us a story about Molly, Mulder and Scully, our dogs. Um, One time... Mulder and Scully stole a car. And you're like, right on, this is going someplace. <laughs> and then they ate something and played with something. The end. You're like, I just went off a fucking cliff. I needed to make sure they had their basic needs. <laughs> and it was like, well, the adventure began and then just, it just the credits happened. It was like, what happened to the last four reels of this fucker? <laughs> All right. So what is the fucking riveting tale that brought us to the Veg News? What this is it? Veg City News? No, <laughs> that sounds so much. Worse. Welcome to Veg City. That was the original name of our podcast before Veg City. <laughs> She was Harley's pitch was Veg City, and I was like, no. Vegan Abbotsville. What is it called? Veg News? Veg News. I'm telling you right now. Veg City News, wide open for the taking. (laughs) I don't think anyone wants it. (laughs) You just come to Veg City. What's that smell? Is it cow shit? Hell no, because you just pulled into Veg City. (laughs) Sounds so bad. Did you see the Burger King cow fart commercial? No. So there's this commercial where uh, basically they've decided (laughs) to feed cows lemongrass, increase their diet, 33% lemongrass, because, um, you know, methane, cow methane that's affecting the environment, um, comes from cow burps and cow farts. Um, because they're eating too much shit to give them gas. So now they're going to feed them lemongrass. So they have a new burger at Burger King that is 33% lemon or 33% less methane gas, like lemon fed. This is not vegan. No, no. This is not. Not at all. It's really, if anything, they're just like, well, you know, we understand like there's an admission that like cow farts are killing the earth. So it's kind of vegan. Kinda. That's um, how you can make eating a actual burger vegan. No, I mean, look, steps for some people. Like I'm ready to commit to the beyond or the impossible, but there's, I guess, kind of a way. But there is a commercial about it that the internet was like, "Ew!" All week long. Oh, really? Yeah, it was a little cowboy western singing kid, country and western singing kid comes out of a cardboard cow's ass, and they have all these cowboy oh. cards, cow ca- cardboard cows with cardboard fart clouds coming out of them and stuff. And people are like, you know, I didn't have on my 2020 bingo card cow country and Western <laughs> kid coming out of cow's asshole. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Uh, my 2020 bingo card. Take us to veg city. Okay. So anyways, yes, <clears throat> this is the story of how this interview came about. Here's the story. Of a veg city news thing. Okay, so <laughs> anyways, um, 
veg news which when in the past episodes when we have not known what to talk about and so we've looked up the vegan news it's always on veg news (laughs) and um so they wrote an article about us about our podcast oh thank you and um the i don't know if you're gonna like the story now or be mad (laughs) um um okay okay so the headline of the article was like kevin smith launches new vegan podcast with right. daughter right and it upset me so i emailed <laughs> oh my god i i have i have a contact <laughs> at fetch news and so i was like you know what i see a lot of articles discrediting anything i ever do to say that i'm just like kevin smith's daughter and absolutely I have an nothing identity. more and so i was like hey, my name is from dc comedy i have an identity i do i really thought this was a moment for me to regain some dignity yeah, yeah. Take, <laughs> take uh take take a little of what's yours yes yes and so i emailed the person the, the person please who tell I me have. they were like go fuck yourself with all the problems in the world right now <laughs> no i just wanted i emailed um the contact that i had at mm. veg news and i said Hello, thank you so much for writing an article about vegan abattoir. I just wanted to um, let you know if you feel like changing it or write about it in the future, even though they were probably like, fuck you after this. But I was like, um, it's my podcast that I co-host with my dad, but it is my podcast that i started i do the interviews i do the promotion like i it's nobody's saying anything my podcast apparently veg news is it's my podcast and and so she sent it to the senior editor anna and then anna emailed me back and was like i'm so sorry i changed it um uh thank you for letting me know why wasn't she like go Fuck yourself, lady. Because she's a really You're welcome for the ink, you vicious little... What are you, Gen Y or Gen Z? Gen Z. You Gen Z hater. I don't think there is a Gen Y. There was no Gen Y? I don't think so. What happens? So there's Gen X. And then there's Gen Z. I mean, Gen X. And then what? Millennials? Yeah. I guess millennials are Gen Y. they skip Gen Y? Probably because it sounds kind of weird. I mean, that's the. I wish we had been Gen Y. Fuck Gen X. It would have been ni- nice to be like Gen Y because it would have been what we all were. We're like, why? That's so true. And I spent the rest of my life going Gen Y. That's so true. <laughs> I know that's why it sounds weird because it sounds like you're asking mom a question all the time. Gen Y. <laughs> um, no, yeah, I don't. I, I guess millennials are Gen Y, but you're Gen Z. Mm-hmm. So this lady would have been like. You gen no gen people seem to like Gen Z now because Gen Z is getting a lot of shit done. Yeah, apparently they're going to save the world and shit. Yeah. Those millennials, they're apparently everyone thinks they're useless. They're messing things up. Are they? <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> they did by not. Well, I mean, I guess they didn't. I don't know. Yeah, they're look fine. at you having it both ways. They're, they're messing it up. I mean, Austin's a they're millennial. doing it right. <laughs> is he really? Uh huh. Wait, you're 21. How old is he? 25 or he's about to be 25 
So he's only four August. years different than you, and yet he's a different generation? Yeah, I don't really know don't make sense. how that works. Yeah, man. I think he's a millennial. Yeah, he is. A, I don't know. What Hell? astrological <laughs> sign are you? You don't know? I don't believe in this shit, so no. I know I'm a Leo just because like, my aunt told me when I was a kid over and over again, and we were given birthday plates with Leo on it. I'm, I'm not even sure what your mother is. She's the bull. Right, she's an Aries. She's go. the most Aries Aries ever. Well, I guess if you you know read this shit, look my my fucking fantasy stops with like DC and Marvel and Star Wars. So I know hey, yours goes to the stars. <laughs> this is not a fantasy. <laughs> what is what is what are you? I'm a Cancer. Really? With mm-hmm. a gun in my head, I wouldn't have guessed that. Really? What is that? No, you're not very crabby. What is the? No, uh, it's a crab because. You're hard on the outside, but you're very soft on the inside. That doesn't even describe you. You're you're not hard at all. You're soft and soft. I don't. Yes. Ask, ask others. <laughs> there, are, there's, there are people that think you're like hard. Yeah, I guess. And like I'm I'm in a punk band and stuff, and people like have this. Isn't it uh, bubblegum punk? Yeah, bubblegum punk. Wasn't that more Still like the, soft shell crab? Uh, so yeah, I'm a soft show crap. <laughs> Wait, what is cancer known for? Being very, very sensitive. Oh, well, fuck. There you go. So you do believe in it. No, but I'm just saying like crabs aren't sensitive. Crabs are not known to be sensitive. It's not it's not like the personality of the average crab. It's like the makeup of the crab. Leos have the a- personality of the average lion. That's true. So why would? They I don't just know. like can you tell a crab's personality? They're crabby. I, 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 I. Oh my god. Uh, that wasn't a bad impression. <laughs> um All right, what is wait, mom's an Aries? Yeah. And that's the bull. Yes. So I was close. I said Taurus, but that's the car. <laughs> wait, no. Aries the is water the water Wait, 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 wait. No, Aries is the bull. Didn't she wear a bull? No. No, it's a a ram. Aries is the ram? Wait, how do I not know this? I'm supposed to know this. Wait. Yes, look at you. Aries, what is it? Thank God this isn't fucking astrology abattoir. I know. (laughs) What's your astrology? Um, All I know are Leos are people like, oh, you're such a Leo in the 70s. It's No, you are such a Leo. You really are. Is that right? Um, What is it? Yeah, ram. Mom wears a ram. He's a ram. A Taurus is a goat. Something a glorified else. goat. Hey. Hey, goat means greatest of all time. So yes. <laughs> Good comeback. <laughs> ram means random ass mom. Um, what is the uh, <laughs> What is wait, so what is Austin? A Leo. Oh, get out of here. Yeah. So wait, when's his birthday? August twelfth. Oh, so like a couple ten days after mine. Mm-hmm. How uh, how ironic! <laughs> I know. You have a Leo. Is I don't also know something how it happened. I don't know. <laughs> I now I'm kind of like, how? What happened? How did I not see this? <laughs> because Makes especially sense. when you two are together, I'm just like, how? How, <laughs> how did I not place this? <laughs> Should have seen that one coming. Um, all right, so. Veg News trips over themselves to apologize to this fucking. They were very kind. Gen Gen Zer, because the, everyone because everyone believes oh they're gonna fix things. So be nice to the Gen Z kid. I guess. 
Um, and, and so what did they print a retraction? We're so sorry. No, she was really, really nice. Her name is Anna and she's the, the person who is interviewed next. <laughs> um, and she was so cool. And I was just like, Hey, if you want to come on the podcast, first, well, first of all, thank you for you changing the title. You don't make her title. apologize again on the podcast. She don't apologize. No, again. no, we she don't talk about like, it again. I'm so sorry for. We don't talk about it, which is why I wanted to say it now because they think it's a cool story. <laughs> if I don't say it, no one would ever I know it. I think it's a cool story. And if they don't know it, then why did it happen? I think it's a funny story. It is. Uh, you stood up for yourself. You stood up against that. Most vicious of criticism any kid could take, being Kevin's <laughs> daughter. <laughs> and forged your own identity. Good for you. And in the process, got an interview out of it. That's the Kevin Smith way right there. Yes. Now I know you're Kevin Smith's daughter, where you're just like, out of this, uh, out of the jaws of defeat, shall we snatch a victory? And yep. the victory is the interview. How'd the interview go? So awesome. Yeah? How She's long so did you fun. talk? Um, we talked for like, 45 minutes to an hour wow she's so cool all right well let's dive in and find out just how cool it is anna anna from veg news our guest today is anna starostanetskia the senior news editor at veg news which is the largest vegan media brand in the world they reach over 3.6 million people every month through their printed publications and over their digital and social platforms they also just celebrated their 20th anniversary at the beginning of july which is awesome so everyone welcome anna hello hi everyone (laughs) how's it going Oh, it's great. It's going good. Before we jump into everything um, about Veg News, I was hoping that you could tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got involved with Veg News. Um, so about me, uh, I am an immigrant from the USSR. And I came here with my parents in the 90s. And they wanted me to be a doctor or a lawyer, as all immigrant parents do. <laughs> and I decided to just forget that and move to New York and become a writer. Just, you know, like throw my hat uh, in the game. And eventually I ended up uh, coming to San Francisco on a writing assignment uh, for a, a different company that I started in New York. And um, I saw the Veg News offices. They were just like beaming in the Mission District. And I was like, oh, I wonder if they're hiring. It was just this like serendipitous thing because um, I'd become vegan a few years prior and Veg News was my savior. I would, you know, go for recipes and stories, um, the print magazine, and I, I loved it. I was a big fan. So anyway, I applied and they were hiring. And so here we are <laughs> five years later. Um that's how I came to be. <laughs> That's so awesome. It was it was definitely like a meant to be situation. How I feel so many <laughs> things really do happen kind of. Um, yeah, it's on place. So, how does reporting for a vegan news site differ from other types of reporting in your opinion? Well, um I think that, you know, obviously we approach everything with a vegan lens. Um and I've actually never been a, a news reporter per se for um other types of media companies. Mm-hmm. So this is my first time really like being a journalist. Um I was a travel writer in my previous life, but <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's, you know, I think 
this is what I think about it. I think that like every story has a vegan angle, like everything, especially now, um, you know, you can look at it through the lens, the lens of veganism. Um, and, you know, I, I really hate like there used to be this like conversation about like mainstream media outlets and like mainstream consumers. And I really think that like veganism and vegan media is mainstream or maybe mainstream doesn't exist. You know, we are all kind of thriving in the same space. So, um, I don't know. All I know it's fun. Like I love, I love writing stories about things that I'm passionate about and things that are morally on the same, you know, page with me. And so it's super fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's it seems really cool. I always wonder how do you guys at Veg News get all of this specifically vegan information? Do you go searching for it? Is it is it reported to you by different by different sources? How do you find all the the vegan news around the world? Um well, a, there's there's going to be a list. A, <laughs> um, a, I cannot disclose my secrets. Yes, <laughs> and then like, tell me your secrets. <laughs> <laughs> but B, um, you know, we have been around for twenty years, as you mentioned, and um, I've been with Veggie News for five, and so it's really about uh, relationship building, you know, and just kind of seeking things out, talking to people. Um, prior to COVID, just like mingling yeah. with friends. <laughs> I know. What a, what a notion. What a notion. I know. <laughs> but, you know, we've been, we've been a presence at um, veg fests and conferences like the animal rights conference. And actually we launched, I believe at the animal rights conference in 2000 as like a, like a, like a little newspaper sheet pretty much now with this beautiful <laughs> glossy magazine. Yeah. But anyway, it's about relationship building, you know, and I have, I have eyes on the ground in many places in the world. Yes. And <laughs> the things that, that are happening there. And, uh, you know, it's, it, whereas in 2015, when I started, it was kind of, um, you know, I was really, really searching out those stories because I just wanted to put out as much content daily as possible. And it was difficult because there wasn't a whole lot, you know, like Tofurky would come out with like a new turkey slice and it'd be like all about that. But yeah, now, I mean, now Tofurky still comes out with amazing stuff, but like now it's, there's just so much, there's so many um, different news stories from different companies that are pitched to me, like, you know, huge food companies that wouldn't typically be interested in pitching a vegan, vegan magazine or wouldn't be uh, making vegan things are now like reaching out to me. Like we just wrote a story about El Poy Loco veganizing their chicken. And I saw that I've been, article. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, oh, I have a backstory about it. But anyway, but that was fantastic. Just like working with them and just being like, hey, like, so you guys want to talk to us about your vegan chicken? That's great. And, you know, just stuff like that. Like never in my wildest dreams would I imagine I'm sitting there with El Poy Loco, like, and they're super excited to talk to us about this new, like, great development that they have. So, yeah, it comes from all sides, and it's it's coming. There's a lot. <laughs> I want to yeah. know your backstory with El Pollo Loco. What? Oh, okay. You seem to be pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So, as I mentioned, I I am an immigrant, and I came here from. Um, 
it, it, it's that that story is a long story. But anyway, um, <laughs> and we came here and and we were pretty like poor, you know, as immigrants from a socialist country. And so my parents, uh, my dad's a taxi driver, and my mom was um, a hairstylist, and like all we really could afford was just the garbage food, you know, and sorry, I'll play like, I'm not calling you garbage food, but affordable, <laughs> yeah. affordable foods, you know? And so we had our like McDonald's and we had our KFC and El Pollo Loco was a staple. We would have, it was like a treat and we would have El Pollo Loco probably like once a month or twice a month. And it would be like this thing. And like our family would just loved it. And you know, I've been vegan for some time and my dad, who's still, I mean, always has been, always will be like a funny, grumpy Russian man, still doesn't really get it. He's like, vegan, what are you talking about? What is this vegan? And so, but now, but now I can go, my dad lives in LA. I can go to LA. We can order some El Poy Loco and sit down and have that same like meal experience that we used to have. Like we can have that again. And it's, it's, it's just, I don't know. I don't know. It's a dream world. And I'm just, that's my next story. I love it. <laughs> that rocks so much. That just, that makes me so happy because there are so many of those nostalgic things that totally. when you do become vegan, it's kind of like, oh, well, <laughs> I'll have to find something yeah. different. Like um, I, my dad and I always used to get Philly cheesesteaks together at this place mm. in the valley here in LA um, before we were both vegan and we would go like every week and we would get the like hostess cupcakes and stuff. We were also <laughs> not healthy at all, but we were getting like Philly cheesesteaks and hostess cupcakes once a week, maybe more. And then when I went vegan, we kind of stopped doing that. And then he went vegan, but you just have to find those new things to do together. And that's so awesome that El Pollo Loco has come around. And I was so stoked to see that, that article that you guys did, because there's a El Pollo Loco down the street from me. And I've always been like, I wish. Come on. <laughs> They're doing it. Take that's, your dad. They're doing I know. it. That's so exciting. <laughs> it is. Yeah. What do they well, have? I mean, not that this interview is about El Poy Loco, but what? Yeah, well, <laughs> but this I is think, really exciting. I know. So they're doing. So what, what happened was they originally released and I wrote about this, too, because it's it's kind of my little form of activism, like when companies almost get it right. And they're like, almost there. Mm -hmm. I write about it. And then I talk about how, like, if there was just one little switch, like it could be vegan and appeal to a lot of different customers. Like that's kind of my little secret. And so Apoy Loco, um, I believe in February released their, um, meatless chicken, except in the sauce that they were simmering it in, there was like an egg enzyme. And so I still wrote about it, but then I was like, well, we can't really have it because of the egg enzyme. And then lo and behold, a couple of months later, they're like, that egg enzyme is gonzo. So everybody come over. <laughs> and wow. so, um, yeah, so now you can have, um, and, and also they made like a make it vegan option, which like, you know how at Taco Bell, you can say El Fresco. Yeah. It's the same. And you can just go into to El Poy Loco and be like, Hey, I make it vegan. And so you can have a taco, you could have a burrito. And I think you can put the vegan chicken into other things too. So that's huge. Right. I mean, it's a big option. It's not like salad or fries or anything. Like it's a whole thing. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I feel like that's what vegans are reduced to a lot of the time is like, oh, well, yeah. here's our salad option. And then I'm kind of like, 
yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> or like the hummus plate. I mean, yeah. I love hummus, nothing against hummus, but like how much hummus and falafel can we eat? Exactly. You know? There's a, there becomes a point yes. <laughs> when there's just too much, but that's so exciting. And also because I've talked about um, in a bunch of episodes that we've done actually about um, how to be vegan on on an affordable diet and when Mm -hmm. more of these like fast food places are accommodating vegans with some options it's so awesome for those people who aren't able to maybe afford to to buy all the expensive meat supplements or anything like that but el pollo loco and like taco bell and now burger king has their beyond burger or is it beyond or impossible it's impossible impossible But there's the beyond all over the place too, yeah. Yeah, beyond is everywhere, and it's just so cool to see all these places that are that are accommodating their menus for for us vegans. It's awesome. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I just went on um, a little camping trip down. I'm in San Francisco, so I went down the coast, and I had this like exact experience. And like, I mean. I don't eat fast food very often, but, and I never feel the need to, but like I went down to uh, the Los Padres National Forest, which is kind of in the middle of nowhere. And everybody that I was with uh, wasn't vegan, but we were like about to drive to the campsite where there's nothing for some time. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, what, what can we pick up for lunch? And I was just like, well, I don't know. We can figure something out. And then like, it was like, Carl's Jr., Taco Bell, like all these places popped up and I'm like, oh, I could actually have something from any of these places. So you guys pick. And it was such a weird thing because I'm like, wait a minute, like (laughs) I I actually can. And so I got like a um, Beyond Famous Star, which is is a Beyond uh, Patty at Carl's Jr. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, and then everybody got that. We got three of those and like one not of those for the driver, but like it's just, I don't know. I just, I love it. <laughs> it's so awesome to be able to be like, yeah, no, I, I can get an option anywhere. I, I can go all these places because that's totally. never the case. <laughs> but that's so exciting. But anyways, enough about fast food. I went into, right. a, I, I went into a little bit of a, of a rabbit hole. I was excited about the El Pollo Loco. Um, so you were talking of course, <laughs> about veg news, but um, right. about all the different types of things that that you write about. And so I have to imagine that with all the, the good forms of reporting, all the all the happy news in the vegan world, there has to be an opposite side to that, which is the, the bad news of the vegan world, which is there's a lot of, unfortunately. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> there's, there's totally a lot. Um, you know, I think, I think in order to do this job, uh, it takes a little bit of kind of a, a thick skin because it, that's not it. I mean, it's, it's somewhat, um, you have to really care. Like you have to really, really care about, um, animal rights and all of those things, because, you know, there's all these wonderful organizations out there that are doing investigative work to Mm -hmm. expose all the cruelty that's, you know, hidden in plain sight. And so I do go through my fair share of watching like, you know, slaughterhouse videos and um, just, just looking very closely face to face at the things that human beings do to animals on a daily basis. And it is taxing and it is difficult, but, you know, at the end of the day, I always think, you know, the people that, go out there and go to those 
uh, farms undercover and take that footage and decimate it to the media like me, like those people are heroes in my eyes. And I feel a duty to them and to the animals to report those stories, even though, you know, maybe it's not the first thing I want to see at nine in the morning when I open my computer, but at the same time, you know, um, those are our foundations and it's important to, um, to get those stories out there alongside all the fun El Pollo Loco stories and things like that. So, so yeah. Um, and, and you know, all those bad quote unquote bad news stories, I do think a lot of times do turn into great things um, when they get widespread coverage, like, you know, legislation change and mm-hmm. um, like, for instance, uh, you know, like fur bands, like there's just been so much undercover footage of fur farms and uh, things like that. And it's, you know, actually affecting change in the world. And so, um, so yeah, it makes me sad. There's days where like, everybody's like, what? what's going on? I'm like, uh, it was a two to three slaughterhouse video kind of day, you know, uh, yeah. but, but those things are important too. And, uh, and yeah. <laughs> no, I, I absolutely. And I think that's a really, uh, a good point about what you said, how a lot of times the quote unquote bad news stories end up being something good because although those videos and images are, are very difficult to look at, and I personally don't really look at many myself anymore, but it's so important because that's really what leads to the most change are, uh, is um, all the undercover investigation work and you know exposing what really goes on in these places especially you know meat factories or fur farms and things like that just despicable behavior like the fair life situation and there's so many other sorts of the same story over and over again and it is really difficult to see but it really does lead ultimately to the most change, I think. Absolutely. And the the thing about that fair farm story, and I was on top of that, you know, I think I wrote maybe uh, three to four stories within uh, a seven to eight day period about that because I was kind of unraveling very quickly. But um, the thing about that one is, you know, I watched all of the videos, I documented what I saw and put it out there to the public. But really what I saw from my perspective is, you know, everyday practices, like the things that were documented are things I see all the time. And so uh, that particular story caused a lot of retailers to remove all of uh, those fair life, fair, fair farm, whatever products from their shelves. But like the truth of the matter is like, yeah, this, this farm was masquerading as this like humane place and they were doing these things, but like every single other one does, like, I don't want to get in trouble saying every single one, but like the practices that I saw were, they're common, they're super common. And so like, I think like to your point, what we were talking about, how like documenting is important. Those are the important stories. Like the more that people see that no intensive animal agriculture operation, be it dairy, be it beef, be it chicken, be it whatever is any different. It's all about commodifying animals as much as possible, which comes with all kinds of abuses. Having to have to see those sort of things for your job, how do you cope with having that information? Because it's it's definitely not um, it's not an easy task, I can imagine. 
Yeah, it isn't. And, um, I think, you know, uh, for me, it's knowing that I'm not watching it for any sort of, uh, personal kind of information, knowing that I'm watching it for the better good. So like, I think it's a, the mechanism that helps me feel okay is knowing that by me watching it and by me reporting on it, it can actually affect change. So I'm not helpless in that I'm just watching it and acknowledging that it's horrible and like I'm vegan, but like, what else do I do? And like, I'm lucky enough to have this platform from which I can report and talk to people about it and really like, you know, take like from the investigation, help them take the next step to getting the public aware of uh, what's going on. And I don't know, like, I think, I don't know how many people have gone vegan after like reading one of my stories on that or something, or if that's like um, accumulated in their knowledge bank of why they maybe are considering it. But like, I think that thought is what gets me through just like knowing that it's not for nothing and that it's, you know, um, it's for the greater good of both animals and humans. And yeah, uh, that's what it is. My dad and I are still kind of um, figuring out <laughs> a vegan abattoir. Like it's very much just a casual, uh, we don't really have a structure is what I'm saying. So we just kind of like- Those are the best things. Yeah, <laughs> we, we really uh, don't really have a structure that we stick to. But sometimes we're like, how should we- start this episode and then we literally go on to veg news and <gasps> really? look and be like what's going on in the world <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then we'll be like did you know this happened like it, it, that's really how it goes a lot of the time um I'm so glad it could be a resource to you well see but see stuff like that keeps me going because i'm like well i don't feel like working today today and i'm like Smith family needs me. They need me for their, you know, for their prompts for the podcast. So I guess I gotta just do it. Suck it up. Hey, if you ever, if you ever need some motivation, you can really just think of how the Smith family is lost and has no structure without. <laughs> you guys are like, fuck it, we're going to El Pollo Loco. We're not doing anything today. <laughs> it's true. We really would be nowhere without Veg News. <laughs> so thank you so much for all that you do personally and Veg News as a whole. It is so important and all all of the things you write about, the good and the bad, are equally as important. Um, and speaking of the good and the bad, how do you find a balance between those two? Um, well, I think there's definitely things that are very pressing that need to be written immediately. So sometimes it's good um, and sometimes it's bad. And... Um, so I kind of, I guess the way that news works is you just got to get stuff out right away. So sometimes there are days where it's just bad news and then yeah. some days it's just good news, you know? Um, so I think the balance is that like, I do like for every time there's like a couple of just like terrible things that are going to shit stories. I try to find something funny. Like for instance, there's this job that was posted by this weird, like, um, Swedish bacon, vegan bacon seasoning company. I don't know if you saw it, but, but it was, uh, they're offering $10,000 for somebody to put bacon seasoning on all of their vegan bacon seasoning on all of their meals for a month. Everything though, like I think desserts and oh, like everything, like everything. For, 
for a month and then you have to just like give them your feedback or something and post on social. And, um, that sounds like a fun job. And so I wrote about that. <laughs> I'm like, I, I mean, Hey, I, I, I could use the money. <laughs> no, I'm, yeah, I'm kind of like, that sounds really fun. I would do that for free. <laughs> um, totally. so what is, what is your favorite thing to report on like that sounds like personal stories just like people that have had like a change of heart or restaurants that have like just decided to go vegan for whatever reason like they always thought about it but didn't think it would fly and then like close and reopen as a vegan place like I love writing about stuff like that just kind of documenting real-time change that's happening like on a smaller level, you know, not like national chains that are just like, we're doing a vegan. I mean, no, I do like writing about that stuff too. Cause it gives me this like hope that things are changing, but like yeah. on a small level, like, um, like just mom and pop shops that are like, you know what? We're kind of done with serving animal products and we're just going to go ahead and go vegan. Just, I love that. I just love, love that. You spoke a little, um, about how your dad is not vegan, Right. Right. Um, so I was in that position for a long time and my dad was not Mm -hmm. vegan and, uh, we got in a lot of fights about it and everything. What is your advice to somebody who has a family member or maybe all their family members don't really back their choice to go vegan or don't really understand why they are deciding to go vegan? What, what would you say to those people? Hmm. I think, and I bet you would agree with me. I think the advice is persistence uh, because, so my dad has a, like a cultural gap. So I I was born in Soviet Ukraine, uh, but raised in mostly LA and he, he spent a good portion of his life there. So like um, his mentality about food is not very American. Like it's very USSR EN. And so it's opportunistic eating. So whatever uh, is put in front of us is what we eat. And then him reconciling that with what's available in the United States is still a work in progress. So um, I think my advice is persistence in that like, so I've been vegan for nine years and my dad has known about it for eight years And at the beginning of it, he was just like flabbergasted, like not a clue. He's like, so you can't eat anything. Like you just can't. And I'm like, no, I mean, there's lots and lots and lots of things. And then we got into um, talking about dairy products. Like that one was difficult for him to understand because with meat, like he understood, obviously, you know, it's flesh. She doesn't eat it. But with dairy products, he's like, where, where does it come from? I'm like, well, it doesn't come from a plant. And then he just had a blank look on his face. Like I, like he had no idea. And so I think in talking about um, like just being patient and persistent with it and like kind of just giving him a little tidbits and showing him or like, oh, okay. This part was kind of a game changer. I went down to LA like three years ago, see my dad. and. I took him to veggie girl and he 
stood outside and was like, I'm not sure about this place. And I'm like, dude, come on, let's just like, it has all the things that you like, don't worry about it. And so we went in there and we ordered all of it. And he like, we sat down at his little table and he was just like, okay, so this is all vegan. And I'm like, "Uh uh-huh. And he, (laughs) he just like had a bite and was like real reluctant about it. And then he was like, oh yeah, it's like fine. I'm like, yeah, it's fine. So I think, (laughs) I think it's like a, it's a combo. And oh, and I got a sprinkles cupcake for his birthday. And he's like, oh, I wish you could have some. And I'm like, I can, it's vegan. And so we shared it. And he was like, oh my God. Oh, that's so so cute. I love that. Yeah. So I I think it's a combo of just like being really persistent and explaining to them, being really, really patient because I think like your friends and the younger generation kind of understand better, but like the older generation is a lot more set in their ways. So just little things like sour cream doesn't come from plants. Start there. Just type, or maybe yes. <laughs> start there halfway through <laughs> and then take them and take them to like a cool place like veggie girl, which is like, like not pretentious. It's just like a, all the foods kind of the same as he would typically have. And so like, yeah, food and patience. So true. Also right? moral of the story is just to take any hesitant person to veggie grill because it right? really does work out a lot of the time. <laughs> it's I um have a friend who used to eat at veggie grill all the time and just d- had zero idea that it was vegan until really yeah for like a I think for like a year which is kind That's of so like cool. how did what <laughs> but <laughs> they just had no idea because it really is so good and I mm-hmm. just think that's a huge part of it too is that people are just scared of vegan food for some reason um like it's gonna taste really bad but once people really do usually try it they find out quite quickly that that's not the case (laughs) totally and i think you know i mean for my dad personally like he's all the only news he ever follows is sports so like all he cares about is sports. So he never like sees what's happening in the world very much. He's just in his bubble. But like, I think for a lot of families um, now, as opposed to a couple of years ago, like it's just becoming such like part of our regular, like conversation, you know, plant-based diets, plant-based foods, and like the benefits of, and all of those different angles of it too, because I feel like approaching your family from an animal rights perspective, like right away, just off the jump. And you're just like, you're a murderer or something, you know, like whatever. And it's, yeah. it's, it's kind of, you know, that's where they kind of are like, okay, like kids going through a weird stage, whatever. Totally. But, but yeah, but like now it's, it, it's part of the, you know, general conversation every day. Like I hear, like I was standing at a supermarket six feet away from the person in front of me. But, um, they were like, I, I'm, I'm a creep when it comes to people's groceries. Like I totally <laughs> just look at their stuff. Like I don't judge it, but I just look at it. Cause I want to know what people are buying. For sure. And this guy was buying like all kinds of stuff, but then he also bought like two packages of beyond burgers and, um, veginase. And I was like, okay. And I was just looking at it and I was like, that's so interesting. Cause he had like, eggs and like all the other stuff that he would typically buy. But then there was like a couple other things in there. And I was just like, it's just, it feels as if like, okay, possibly he had like somebody in his household that's vegan, or maybe he's just trying it out or whatever. Like, it just feels so normal to just see somebody buy the things that we would always just be like, oh, that's vegan food, but people are just doing it now. And so I don't know. I I think 
I think it's going to become easier and easier in the future. I mean, I guess it has to because the world's kind of going to shit much faster. I mean, we need to stop eating true. animal products. <laughs> true that. If it, if um, people might not have a choice, right? <laughs> but it is so awesome to see people venturing out and trying um, to include different vegan products in their diet, and also. Um, do you have, this is a pretty broad question, but I, uh, we've been getting some comments that we're not slaughtering enough misinformation. Oh, okay. Let's slaughter some goddamn misinformation. Do you, Let's does, go. Does anything, uh, I don't even have a specific, um, <laughs> put up something to slaughter. Let's do I it. I know. What, what can we, what misinformation what can, we can we slaughter? I've been, um, it's been on, on the mind lately and, uh, we briefly, touched on it with the fast food um in your opinion a lot of people tell me that they cannot afford a vegan diet um that it's out of their price range what is your opinion on that is that um do you think that's always accurate do you think that there's an affordable way to go vegan what is your opinion so um i would I would agree with some parts of what those people say, but for reasons they probably don't think about. So if we're talking, you know, meat replacements, like direct one for ones and the companies that make them, um, yes, they are more expensive and they are more expensive because of something called government subsidies of the meat and dairy and egg industry. They're more expensive because of economies of scale. So they can't produce uh, the amount necessary for them to be as cheap as animal products, right? So there's a lot of factors that are working against these companies that keep the prices inflated and not artificially inflated as in like, you know, the companies are trying to make a buck off of you. I mean, they are, but like, you know, to keep going. And so, I would say that, yes, it's true. Like a lot of one-for-one replacements for animal products are expensive because those are specially crafted to displace animal products. However, if you're willing to dedicate time, which I know is expensive too, Mm -hmm. but dedicating time to your diet takes the price way down because, you know, there's a lot of different sources of protein like beans. And, you know, if you don't want to like grow and cook your own from scratch, there's canned beans, which are fairly affordable. Um, and if you're not into cooking, like we talked about, there's, there is fast food and like that is the affordable avenue for people that aren't vegan. And now it can be the affordable avenue healthy or not for people that are vegan. So I would say, I agree. Like if you're trying to go vegan in a one-for-one swap where you're just like, I want exactly what I have every single day, but I want it to be vegan. Mm -hmm. And if you're like a big consumer of animal products, yes, it's going to be more expensive. But if you're willing to, I think, bend in that sense and maybe go a little bit of those animal products, but also, you know, make some of your meals just like, a good like hearty bean dish or like, you know, even man, pre-COVID bulk buys were good. We can't talk about that right now because we can't do that. So, but like, you know, quinoa in bulk is actually very affordable, but we don't have that. So 
have some rice in a bag (laughs) (laughs) or, you know, I mean, there's ways there's, there's ways. I mean, obviously there's ways for like meat centric diets to be super expensive too. Right. So like if I'm eating at Burger King every day and I'm a meat eater, or I'm like, Oh no, I like my, you know, T-bone steaks every day. I can't have that, (laughs) you know, then yeah, your diet's going to be really expensive. So I think, you know, um, those people, I don't want to blanket statement it, but at the same time we're slaughtering the bullshit or what? Wait, we're slaughtering misinformation and butchering I think the bullshit. We're butchering the bullshit. Yes, <laughs> and I think it's that it is what you make of it. And if your if your response or if your need to say that going vegan is expensive, uh, if you're saying those things, it doesn't come from fact it comes from the fact that you really want to have an excuse to not go vegan i think you just absolutely slaughtered some misinformation for our show thank you oh there needs to be a sound effect for it like oh my god that's a good idea that's a really good idea (laughs) (laughs) like like, a slap yes oh my god that's such a good idea like we're slapping the misinformation (laughs) okay here this is me slapping my shoulder no, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there you have it. We just we really just slaughtered some misinformation and butchered some bullshit. Thank you so much for coming on Vegan Abattoir. This was so much fun. And I yeah. think that you just provided a whole new perspective for a lot of people. So thank you so much. Of course. Thank you for having me. She's interesting and, and fun and, and um what a great interview. But what my big takeaway is Pollo Loco also has vegan options yes isn't that nuts that is crazy man because just like we were talking about kfc chickens in the name pollo loco for those that don't speak more than one language (laughs) it's also chicken in the name (laughs) (laughs) they put it right in the fucking name it's crazy to say like the thing we sell here's an alternative to the thing we sell would have been unheard of in the world of you know fucking commerce uh, years ago Suddenly, it's makes better sense in in the food industry. Imagine if you'd went into like a chicken restaurant thirty years ago and said, "You know, do you have anything that's not chicken?" They'd be like, "Out of your fucking mind, <laughs> Colonel's here, man. It's all about those spices and what do they call it? secret recipe." But now you can walk into a place and and not be like, "I'll have the bread." which is sometimes not even vegan <laughs> sometimes they're like here and it's like buttered to shit it's and they're so like it's, it's egg bread it's oh yay <laughs> they're like it's bacon bread we put a little pig in each bun <laughs> you're like jesus so upsetting um, how how nice man that it uh, what begins with you going dear editor i was incensed do not be identified. Hey. That's a getting a good interview. A great interview. And I also. I think we're going to be friends. I know. Look at that, man. What a what a sweet little meat cute story that is. I know. I just really think it's cute. <laughs> um, that's true. Most uh, most people, you are a version of the person in your comments that fucking flipped. Remember? Like, I know. That's also after I kind of realized that. <laughs> and I was like, now it does make sense that I said that. It all comes from It circle. all comes back together. That story was that long ass <laughs> fucking pointless <laughs> meandering tale. 
dovetailed sweetly into this you interview. You said it was okay. It was great. It was totally great. But it was really funny watching. Like, I remember just leaning going into the mic going, I'm going to edit this part. Should I start cutting her off now? You know what? Kids soaring. Sometimes you got to let the kid fly. And She's soaring. You know. Is that how you think of it? What do you mean? That you're just like, I should cut her off. <laughs> That's so, kid, that's how I think everything in life. I should just cut these people off. <laughs> what the fuck? I have been podcasting for 13 years, that's, man. No, that's true. It's yeah. true. It's true. Uh, but no, not at all. But, you know, I had a little faith that you could stick the landing, and guess what? You stuck the fucking landing. So I somehow all made it. At the end of the day, if it was like a train wreck, I just cut it out. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think you can cut it out anymore because it's in so many different referenced in so many different parts. You would think, but I'm as good as podcaster I am, I'm a much better editor. Well, I guess. That's how I survived this long. Um, The good news is that you don't really listen to the shows and you're kind of bakey when you record them. So you wouldn't remember (laughs) what you said anyway. So you don't know what's missing or what goes away. Um, if anything goes no, away. it's true. I can't listen to my voice, so I don't listen to the episodes. So truly, it couldn't. Maybe I'm not even talking in the episodes. It's just like <laughs> that's why she wrote in the piece. Kevin Smith has a podcast because with it's his just daughter you. because it's mostly me. Can you imagine if you cut out what a prank it would be if you cut out every time I spoke? So it was just like an hour long monologue with yourself. All the reviews that you read, do they mention you at all? You should go back and read them all. This is like the end of The Sixth what's, Sense. Did you ever see The Sixth Sense? No, it's I don't too want to spoil scary. It. Oh, it's so good. I don't want to spoil it for you, but there's a twist. This is like the end of a, of a, let me see, a current reference for you. This is like the end of a Jordan Peele movie. Ooh. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> right? Now, now I'm speaking your language. Um, yeah, man. Like, think about all the reviews that you've ever read. Do they just say nice things about the podcast or do they single you out specifically? Because if not, maybe your whole life has been a lie. What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck was that? You're trying to be so scary. <laughs> um, you've read all the reviews. They reference you. They, they do. They say course. really nice things about me. Say, look at you. No wonder you're reading them. What, what, do, what do they say? Um, you're articulate. They, um, some people have said that they like my laugh. Which what, like is shocking. I hate my laugh. I think it's so ugly. And a lot of people have been like, your voice does not sound that bad. <laughs> it sounds <laughs> kind of okay. Like it sounds normal, kind of. Well, then I guess the podcast is good for your self-esteem. I think it is. Yeah, at the very least. It's true. If you get to imagine how you'd feel about things if, if I- you listened to everyone and heard them all. I can't. Why? I can't. In a world where people are going like, hey, they're good. Remember, I I listened to the first one and then I proceeded to text you that we had to stop. (laughs) Yeah, she's like, I don't (laughs) want to do this anymore. Another episode and that it could never be released. We're not slaughtering misinformation (laughs) or butchering no bullshit. (laughs) It was hard. I was like, just trust the process. And now, look at you, you're soaring. Now, a little baby goose that just takes off, and the the dad goose is like, is that mine? Um, anyways, you're flying on your own. (laughs) Uh, Let's thank our guest, uh, Anna, for taking the time and whatnot. 
Yes. To even respond to your email in the first place. Because I would have been like, Dash, listen to me. I probably would have been too. But I thought it was, I thought it was important to me in the moment to stick up for myself because it, because I, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I wanted, I, I wanted to stick up for myself. I thought it was important at the time. And then once I sent it, I was like, Oh, I probably sound like an absolute and complete douche. <laughs> but uh, yeah. in the moment, I was like, I really have to do this for I myself. I am strong. <laughs> I am invincible. But I'm a douche. <laughs> it turned out really cool, though. And she's so awesome. And let that be the lesson. That's you've slaughtered misinformation. The misinformation, I don't know. Look, it turned out well. <laughs> That's what it comes down to. We can't fucking. Everything's not a goddamn storybook where we can fucking weave a perfect ending. Like what could have been a fucking train wreck of a two inter- human beings interacting and stuff instead of outrage turned to uh relationship understanding and, and uh, interest, self-interest, uh, not as self-interest, but like interest in one another. That's the way life is, right? It's a 50, 50 crap shoot, right? Sometimes it's like she could, she could have read the email and been like, delete. But it's instead, true. she answered, and and something good seems to have come out of it. It's true. There's a lesson here somewhere, and somebody more somewhere or less rather stoned than me would fucking know <laughs> it. When we say green, we mean all the way green. It's true. Anyways, <laughs> there it is, kids. Another episode of Vegan Avatar in the books, number five. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Number five is alive, man. Wow. You don't even understand that reference. Who's Johnny? He said and smiled. You've been singing a lot this episode. No disassemble, Stephanie. What? (laughs) (laughs) That was so weird. It's a problem when like you're 28 years younger than me. Not every pop cultural. What was that reference? There's a movie called Short Circuit, and it was a little robot, and he was like, "No disassemble, Stephanie." Oh, it was a. He got struck by lightning, and number five was alive, and and so he went from being a robot. It was kind of like. Really, it was like nothing. Oh. <laughs> like nothing ever since. I was going to like throw a Wally reference in there, but Wally was genius in a whole different way. Look, we're getting way off track. <laughs> Anyways. Let's get out of here, man. For Vegan Abattoir, I'm Kevin Smith. And I'm Harley Quinn Smith. Get out of our Vegan Abattoir. <laughs>